Welcome to the Yoga Teacher Evolution Podcast. Namaste. My name is Paul Teodo, joined here with Michael Henry. Most yoga teacher trainings are becoming watered down and mediocre. So we've created this podcast to help supplement those of you who graduated from a teacher training and don't feel confident going out into the real world. Michael and I are lucky to have been trained by some amazing people. We've gone out into the world ourselves and had success, and we want you to feel confident to protect your students and to build your career with integrity and authenticity. Welcome to our podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Yoga Teacher Evolution podcast. My name is Michael Henry, and I will be your host for today. And today we have a guest episode with one of my closest friends, closest new friends, uh, as of about two years ago, Callan Milnick. Did I say that right? You did. Oh, nice. Nice. Uh, So Callan and I actually met uh, almost about two years ago at a yoga festival on Gili Islands. So if you've been to Bali before, Gili Islands are a small set of islands um, just east of Bali. And it was a slow food and yoga festival. And that was actually the first time I got introduced to acro yoga. And Callan is all about the acro yoga. But we're not necessarily going to be talking about acro yoga today. What we're going to be talking about today is a very important topic, actually, for pretty much everyone, particularly yoga teachers is how we're relating it, but it's important for everyone. And that's giving yourself permission to give yourself permission, ultimately, right? Yeah. How, how would you say it? I would say like, okay, if you're a teacher, giving giving your students permission to give themselves permission. Right. So it's, it is a little bit of a mind fuck, but it's, it, get, it cuts in deep. Right. It's a lot of permission, ultimately. And what that looks like. We'll yeah. Too. Yeah. And it's interesting. And we'll dive into this with some questions and stuff. But like I did my yoga practice this morning. And the example that kind of came up for me was just like giving myself permission to not do certain poses or not do something that's like super hard or super challenging. And then that's kind of how we can unravel that a little bit. So before we started this episode, Callan was sharing a little bit about um, basically your experience with this for your teacher training. So let's, why don't we start with that? So tell us a little bit about your teacher training experience and kind of how this kind of came into fruition. Yeah. So I did my teacher training with uh, Sosa and I love them so much. It was exactly the training I needed at this exact time in my life. Um, and their biggest thing was giving them their students permission to give themselves permission. And what that looked like was maybe I'm on my period and we're about to do an inversion class and to be like, you know what? It is my choice. Like I can go and continue doing inversion or maybe I sit in child's pose. In child's pose. Yeah. 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 Like, and that's my practice and like rolling out the yoga mat and sitting on it. That can be my practice. I can do that for an hour. I can do that for five minutes, but that's listening to my own body and really tuning into what it needs. Right. Absolutely. And I think that's a huge part of yoga is tuning in and creating awareness of self, creating awareness of your body, your physical abilities, uh, your physical state of being, which can shift from day to day, from, from hour to hour sometimes. Maybe not from minute to minute. Maybe, depending on the person. Maybe. I mean... (laughs) But being aware of those shifts and those changes and those differences from day to day, from practice to practice, and giving yourself permission to to do something different or to say no, right? Yeah. Something I like to remind my students, and, you know, this is also something that I was taught, is every day I wake up, 
we all are in a new body. Like our cells start to regenerate. And over time, like we're literally a completely new person. Hmm. And so our bodies aren't going to feel the same. So, you know, might have a bigger schedule and, uh, you know, maybe I'm going to have to skip out. Right. That's okay. Right. Yeah. So in my practice this morning, um, which was with Paul, as many of you guys know, um, Paul's really good at actually giving options and telling you, because he'll give you, a, he'll run a hard class, right? He'll give you some options for some easy stuff, but he'll give you option two, three, four, sometimes five on what you can do. And it's not his responsibility to tell you what to do or what not to do. It's ultimately ours, right? It's our responsibility to know what we should or shouldn't do and giving ourselves that permission to, to do it. However, sometimes it's really hard for us to do that without a little bit of cueing or reminding, right? So that's kind of what we wanted to talk a little bit about with regards to um, if you are a yoga teacher, um, do you actually do that? Do you give yourselves or do you, first of all, yes, do you give yourselves permission to give yourself permission to say no or to change things up or to mix things up depending on where your state of being is? And also, do you help to encourage and support your students or your class participants to do the same? Because that's kind of really important for especially everyone that's going to walk into a classroom or anyone that walks into um, a studio, especially if they're new, they're not going to really know, right? They're going to need those little gentle reminders. So do you, have you had an experience where after doing your teacher training, have you had an experience where this has come up a few times as either a reminder from other, other teachers maybe, or some teachers that didn't do it and you noticed it, or um, yeah, is there any kind of other anecdotal situations where this has come up more than just at the beginning of your teacher training? Yeah, actually, the, the thing that popped into my head immediately was like being reminded as I'm teaching a class. And the way that that looked like was I had a student in there who was doing a lot of the hard, you know, maybe the harder options. And then I noticed they didn't always take the hardest option. Maybe they didn't do that vinyasa, that extra vinyasa. And it reminded me of like, oh, this person's really tuned in and has reminded me as a teacher. Like I learned so much from my students. I learned so much from my teachers because I still continue going to um, classes as well. Like I love going to Paul's class. Um, Especially when I want that extra, like... <laughs> that extra pow- power yoga. Yeah. Not the flower yoga, as he calls yeah. it. Yeah. Flower yoga. Um, but yeah, so that's like the first example that came into my mind and reminding for other people. Because sometimes like I'll see like newer students or when I was a newer student, I was looking around like, oh, well, maybe I should take this harder option. Like I'm going to... Yeah, I'm gonna show, I'm gonna prove something to myself. Right. Or I'm gonna prove something to other people. Right. And for my experience, the more of doing yoga and getting into this, it's like it's not about that. Mm. And like tuning in, it's mm. like an internal practice. Mm. Actually, this might be a good crossover on one of the other topics that we wanted to talk about, which is the balance between the masculine and the feminine, right? And when it comes to I'll say, yeah, when it comes to yoga, there's a lot of ego that can be involved, especially in a classroom filled with other people when you have a variety of different levels of um, abilities or experience, right? There could be people that have 10 years experience or there could be someone that's only been doing yoga for a year or maybe someone that's only done yoga for a couple weeks, right? But we're all doing generally the same flow for following the instructor. It's really 
difficult sometimes without some cueing or some encouragement or some reminders to stay in your lane, right? Not to, not to try to do something that's out of your lane. And with the ego, we want to be able to do as much as we can. We want to be able to challenge ourselves. We want to be able to push ourselves, which is very healthy, masculine. But at the same time, we also need to intuitively tune in, like you said, to know how far to challenge ourselves, how far to push ourselves, right? Totally. And I think it's it, it depends for, because I can only speak to my own human experience, like it depends on like what kind of mindset am I in? Am I in a playful, curious mindset? Like I, maybe I want to try that hand balance. Like maybe it's out of, maybe it's out of my, uh, my reach, but that's okay because I'm in this like exploring mode. When do we make that choice to challenge ourselves? <laughs> so that's the question, right? Yeah. How, how do we know when to push ourselves? How do we know when to take it easy? And ultimately, I think the answer is, do you give yourself permission sometimes to maybe take the, 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 low, the, the road that's less challenging sometimes? And like, I'm an example of that this morning. Like, um, there was a couple opportunities. I can't remember exactly what it was, but usually, you know, if I'm, my body's feeling really strong or I'm feeling like I'm having a good day, like I'll do everything that you know, the instructor says, which is usually Paul, I basically only take Paul's classes, but I usually follow everything he says, unless it's some sort of pose that I've never done before, then obviously I take it easy. Or if I know that my body can't do it, but just because I've done it before, doesn't necessarily mean that I need to do it every single time. Right. Or maybe it's like force and salutations A's, which are the beginning of class, great way to build heat. Maybe the fourth one you don't do. I, you know, depends on how you feel and giving yourself permission to say no. Or giving yourself permission to be like, I'm just going to chill for a minute. Or maybe I'll just stay in down dog or something like that. Right? Yeah. I think my favorite word you said is, it depends. It depends. I say it all the time. Like, it, it depends. Like, there is no right or wrong answer, really. Like, I can only speak from my own experience. And it depends on what kind of mindset. Like, I, I really dive into, like, what comes up for me in meditation? What comes up to me when I'm journaling? Am I in a curious mindset? Maybe I'm playful. Maybe I want to challenge myself a little bit more. And that looks, that's great. Or I'm, maybe I'm in my ego and I'm like, you know what? I want to prove something and show everyone in this room that I can do this hand balance. It's not about that. Mm. And so maybe that's the biggest challenge. It's just for me to be like, you know what? Especially if I'm in that mindset to say, no, I'm not going to do that today. Mm. Um, and sometimes that's harder. Yeah, it is. It is harder to, to, cause it, it brings up thoughts of being like, I'm not enough or I can't do this. So I'm not as good or, you know, whatever, all those stories and beliefs that kind of come from whatever conditioning yeah. or patterning that we had as we grow up and, um, stuff like that. So it definitely, it definitely makes it harder to, to pull back. Um, but I think something that's really simple and easy to remember is that everyone's thinking the same way. Uh, totally. Everyone in the class is thinking about themselves and the way that they look. Well, maybe not everyone, but like generally speaking, more pe- more, most people are concerned about themselves. They're not concerned about, you know, what you're doing or what, you know, if that, if that uh, pose that you're trying to do is like right aligned or like perfect or like stable, like no one cares, right? Everyone's focused on their own practice. Everyone's focused on their own mat, generally speaking, right? So that's, this is permission and this is just basically this conversation is to encourage you to do the same. Just stay focused within your, in your lane, stay in your mat, stay in your mind with what you are feeling, what you're able to do and those types of things, right? That's basically what we're trying to break down. Totally. And that's a great intention too. If like, if 
you're maybe you're a listener and you're you're struggling with something like that that can be an intention for your practice Mm -hmm. and like can i maybe not look around and really like hone in onto my own practice like what does my body need today Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um yeah and that, that that's that's really good to do and it gets easier as you continue to practice because I mean, if you're new at yoga, which I'm assuming most of you who are listening are not because this is a Yoga Teacher Evolution podcast, but if you're a new person at, te- uh, at uh, practicing yoga, generally speaking, you might not know what a lot of poses are called or where we're going. So you need to look around the room to oh, be like, totally. to be like what, what, what am I doing? Where, where is my foot supposed to be? Where's my hand supposed to be? So then when you start to look around the room, that's when it gets more challenging because now you're no longer in your zone. You're no longer in, on your mat. You're now looking elsewhere. Um, but that gets easier as you start to get more comfortable with the poses and understanding where you're going, going to some degree. And obviously the facilitator or the instructor has a huge role in this because if they're communicating well enough and they're cueing well enough, then it's easier for you to stay in your lane. Um, so while we're saying the permission piece is like really important, we're also acknowledging the fact that it's not always so easy, no. right? There's always ways that can, things can be distracting and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So we're... How, how can we bring it back to these feminine, masculine energy? Because I really like that topic. And I think it's something that's really important um, because the balance between the two is it's paramount. Like it's just so important, um, especially with a yoga practice, especially like a yoga practice like power yoga, for example, yeah. uh, which is not necessarily meant to be, you know, super strong and sweaty. While it very much can be, it doesn't necessarily need to be. It's meant to be empowerment yoga. And empowerment yoga is ultimately what we're talking about, is giving yourself permission, get, being empowered to say yes or no to certain things, to being able to adjust things, modify things, or just do things the way you're feeling within that state of mind, right? Yeah. Yeah. So with the feminine and the, and the masculine, what would you say are some healthy feminine qualities that kind of um, would come up in like a... What, whether it be a yoga class or it doesn't even have to be a yoga class. It could be anything in general, like vulnerability, for example. Yeah. I Surrender. Mean, the first thing that kind of popped up to my mind was like you were saying like power yoga is, you know, can be masculine. And the flip side to that for is yin. Right. And this surrender, um, getting out of your own way, really. Uh, I think some feminine qualities are nurturing and softening yeah um and i i don't like to talk about masculine femininities as necessarily a, like a gender right yeah um, they shouldn't be and and i think uh with like what i believe is in every person like in within myself like i have masculine and feminine traits and when they're in balance i feel i'm at my best and sometimes like my masculine will will be going up a bit more like maybe I'm doing like a lot of like really uh, um, intense yoga asana practice and I'll couple that with like yin and really slowing down and softening and paying attention to my breath and nurturing myself. Right. Yeah, exactly. And you can. And you don't need to necessarily separate them between disciplines either. Like you could still incorporate, um, you know, a strong asana class with also that reflective internal focus um, and, you know, making sure that you're, you're, you're breathing with your movement. Like the movement being more of that masculine 
and the breathing being more of that feminine, at least in my mind, that's oh, the way that absolutely. I see it, right? Especially for a vinyasa class or power, which is also vinyasa. Um, if you're moving and moving and moving and doing all these things, but you're not paying attention to your breath, I would consider that very masculine. Um, and then whereas yin, if you're just, you know, you're in a pose and you're, you're breathing and you're just focusing on that and you're not moving, that would be very much feminine. But you can incorporate the two. It doesn't necessarily need to be power of vinyasa, but ultimately the breath is, is, I would say, a part of us that is a... When we focus on it, it's, it's very much um, a reflective or an internal or awareness sense of, at least in my mind, it's a feminine thing. Does that make sense? Or am I off cue? Oh, no, no, it makes sense. Like it's, you know, I, I separate it into like the yoga practices to like be really simple, but you can bring that into any practice. You can mm. take it outside of, outside of the asana classes. And so I think you broke it down really beautifully. Like I love um, that nurturing flow of the breath and maybe in an intense, like, you know, muscular asana class. Like that's, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I also liked how you said about the the balance between the masculine and the feminine and that not being gender related, um, even though we kind of quickly went over that. Some people may not see it that way. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're listening to this and you see masculine as like male and feminine as female, like that's that's not how it should be. It's very much we all have masculine and feminine qualities and we all need to have them in order to be ultimately, right? If we're too much of one, then it's an imbalance. And like Callan said earlier, and I feel the exact same way, is whenever I'm in balance or whenever I'm feeling in balance is usually because I've, I'm juggling those two very well, where I have either some of that surrendering, that intuition, that tapping in, that reflective time, but at the same time, I'm also incorporating that and giving myself some direction or a goal or somewhere in which I'm moving, which would be more that masculine. Um, and finding a happy balance between the two of those is honestly, it's like a daily it's a daily thing. Oh, totally. Yeah. So it's not something that you get it and you're like, oh, I got it. I got my balance. My max is infinite. It's like it's going to go up and down from day to day, from experience to experience. Hour to hour sometimes. From hour, from hour to hour. <laughs> and then also, and a lot of that probably has to do with, you know, our environments. I mean, hormones affect our... Um, I don't want to say our hormones affect our masculine and feminine qualities, but they can influence them. Yeah. Right? Testosterone being more that masculine drive, adrenaline push, and then uh, estrogen, and I forget what the other one is, but uh, being more of that like common kind of intuitive tapping in sense. Um, so as those are kind of fluctuating within our endocrine system, those can also make things a little bit more, um, I don't want to say imbalanced, but they can be shifting and moving from hour to hour, day to day. So it's not like a clear-cut system where, you know, I've, I've got it figured out. It's something that we need to work at, I work at, and sometimes I forget. And that's tapping into it and reflecting back, being like, how is my balance between... I mean, I don't actually say this stuff, but like, you kind of eventually get a bit of a groove of like, am I being too aggressive in whatever it is that I'm doing? Maybe it's my yoga practice. Am I being too aggressive in my teaching? You know, am I just am I just commanding movement and commanding and, and not a, not allowing enough time to rest or to sit and to talk about intention and talk about, I don't know, inspiration or something like this. Um, so it's it's something for me that's really um, and even just having this conversation is a reminder. Right. Even though I know this stuff, it's always a healthy reminder to come back to that on a regular basis. Right. And do you do the same? Do you have a like a regular 
I don't want to say this a battle, but um, a conversation, I guess, in your head about the, the balance between the masculine and the feminine. I do. I have like little like checks, like little like maybe like SOS, like, okay, I need to maybe I need to look at that. Um, for me, like being really assertive can be hard for me. And so sometimes I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go full fucking blown masculine on this. Mm. And maybe it can come across a little intense. Mm. And and that's usually when the anxiety starts and all this stuff. But if I can reflect on that and be like, okay, well, maybe I can like soften this up because I, I don't really need to be like that, that aggressive. Mm. And I can be assertive and still kind and like that gentle softness to myself without having to overly explain. I don't know if that makes sense or if you if you've come into this before. Yeah. Well, what comes to mind when you say that is not getting lost in one of them. Not getting lost in the assertiveness, not getting lost in the masculine quality, not getting lost in the feminine quality um, and allowing that to take over and consume. Um, and bringing yourself back to kind of teetering forwards and backwards with whatever qualities they are to give yourself that healthy, that healthy balance between the two. Um, I mean, I don't even know how you would, how, how to like talk about that, like how to actually do that besides probably practicing it and just yeah. creating more awareness around it. Journaling has been huge for me, like to find the patterns, like that one came up into my mind is because it's something that I've, I've been working on mm. and I have a daily journaling practice so like I wake up in the morning I write three pages I'm half asleep I have one eye open and sometimes like I start to see a pattern Mm. and that one really came up for me and when I started looking at the lens of like masculine and feminine like really honing in like what's going on here Mm. okay I see that I'm really going through my masculine because I'm uncomfortable with being maybe super assertive if that makes sense mm. and so i go full on masculine and i'm like well you know what i'm I'm actually much more of a soft-spoken person in some ways mm. so how do i merge these two and for me journaling has really helped me see that and pinpoint it um that but the process is going to look different for everybody and this is you know one example out of you know I, infinite amount of, yeah people are gonna you know? have different ways of doing it yeah in different and this is why it's kind of hard to talk about like i'm kind of like tripping over my words a little bit because I'm like, well, how do I help the listeners kind of like find their own way? Um, and honestly, probably just listening to us talk about it is a great way to start, just having the awareness about it. Um, and then I'll share an example for me. For example, like I, I'm a male. I would say I am more masculine than I am feminine. And that doesn't necessarily mean because I'm a male, I have more masculine because I know some males that are, are also quite feminine but they're not necessarily gay or anything like that. They just have more of feminine qualities that's come to them a lot more easily. Yeah, nurturing, um, easily opening up, vulnerability, like totally. Exactly. And it could be, again, for whatever reason, maybe he he or they were raised with all sisters or only a mother, and that's just kind of what they they worked into. Or it could be the opposite effect where you only had sisters and, you know, you didn't have a father growing up, and then you kind of... uh, accommodate the the lack of and therefore you become more masculine so there's no real right and right uh i shouldn't say right way but there's no real definitive way on like how we kind of become to be but for me i am more of a masculine um dominant person instead of saying male more masculine dominant person so for me my day-to-day usually gets is is getting up and like going like doing 
doing is kind of more that masculine quality. So getting up and, you know, getting into work and like getting focused and starting to, you know, take care of business ultimately, which is very much the Western um, mindset. Like go, go, go fast, fast, fast. That's all masculine, masculine, masculine. And even though, you know, I have my practices and I, I do yoga and all this stuff, I still, and I meditate, I still have a difficult time with it, especially almost every single morning, I'll say, um, in talking about morning routines with Paul a couple episodes ago and having to challenge myself to do a 30-day uh, meditation every um, morning or trying to do it every morning to get myself to do it more regularly, that sitting in meditation, sitting in stillness, sitting in just kind of being more of that feminine um, is really hard for me to jump into first thing. So I really have to like push myself to do it. But when I do, every single time I have a better day because I've created a little bit of balance. Even, I know my masculine is going to take over. Like I know it. I'm just more masculine, generally speaking, for, again, whatever reasons. So I have to allow myself uh, a little bit more encouragement or a little bit more of a push to do the feminine things, even though it doesn't come to me naturally. Because when I do that, I find my balance better and then I become more of my better self, uh, more effective at my work. Um, I'm more efficient with my work. I probably have better conversations. I'm probably better at empathizing and recognizing um, how to be around other people. It's almost like it, it allows me to take my focus beyond just like a single direction, which masculine is very directional um, and feminine can be very much intuitively t- tapping in and finding out which direction to go, right? Yeah. Oh, you know what came to my mind, Michael, as you're saying this, like, beautiful, like, I love, I love what you're saying. And the thing that popped into my mind was Disney, Disney Disney characters. Mm. And, you know, I mean, we're probably most of us are familiar with like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves and, you know, the princess, you know, she's asleep and she needs her prince, you know. Whatever. So I feel like this is a way like a lot of people see masculine and feminine mm-hmm. as gendered. Mm. My favorite Disney right now, especially t- talking about this, is Brave. Mm. And she has that balance of masculine and feminine where it's genderless. Mm. And I love this example. And like maybe like the way that Disney and like these like princess movies are kind of coming about is more balanced. Mm-hmm. And yeah, lately there's been a shift for sure. Movies in general. Oh, totally. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And they're, and again, they're probably just trying to find the balance between how do we um, show this as a true reality of a balance between the two, which is probably not easy as a, as a producer, or as a movie filmmaker, because like it, you're just kind of it, it. And that's actually probably what makes it more authentic and real is that it's not that easy in general in life anyway. Like everyone's kind of like figuring it out from day to day. Um, You and I, even though we're talking about this, we're just still figuring it out as well. Um, And just finding out our own ways of doing it, whether it be journaling for you, me, you know, pushing myself to do more of my meditations. Um, And there's plenty of other strategies to be able to do that. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're, you know, we're just being rebels. Like, you know, like society pushes one way and what, what's going to feel good for us, you know, might not look the same. Right. I mean, where, where are we right now, Michael? I mean, this is not typical. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Um, I think one thing that's probably easier for the person that's listening to this or for someone else 
who wants to help inspire other ones to uh, other people to be able to find a balance between the two is really kind of figuring out which one you're more dominant in. Yeah. Just because you're a male, like I said, you're not going to be more masculine. Just because you're a female doesn't mean you're going to be more feminine. But just thinking of the qualities that are masculine and the qualities that are more feminine, which one would you say you teeter towards more? And then knowing that, it's probably going to be that that one is going to be more easily, that that one's going to come to you more easily, right? So then you might have to work a little bit more on the other one. Yeah. And then when you know that, that at least gives you somewhere to start. Right. And that can be something that you can share with. I know we're not really talking about like in class, but you can actually use this stuff to share at the beginning or the end of class with regards to feminine masculine qualities. Um, Because I think it's really important for everyone to just kind of like create awareness around this. Um, But yeah, once you know your dominant space, then you know which one you need to work a little bit more at. And at least it gives you that masculine direction of I need to work towards being more feminine, like applying the masculine to the fe- or the feminine to the masculine. Like you can kind of play on both. Yeah. I mean, themed classes. I mean, there's a lot in here mm. that can be really, you know, unwoven, unwoven, if you will. So what do you mean by themed classes? Theme, like, okay, well now I'm going back to the, um, like vinyasa yin classes, like, you know, solar lunar classes, mm. like, you know, we can play in these and, you know, I don't know, as a teacher, we, we're, we're, we're constantly learning. We're constantly exploring. Mm. Um, and then solar lunar, just because I only recently learned this, I don't want to assume anyone knows what this <laughs> yes, means. Yes, please, please, please explain. No, I want you to explain. So the, the difference between solar and lunar classes. So solar is tend to be like the sun. The sun is burning. It's red hot. Um, that is technically like traditionally more masculine and so that's going to be like maybe more of your like your power yoga vinyasa that maybe is a little bit more um you know heat generating uh kalabati breath uh fire breath like all of these are really warm lunar is going to be the moon it's going to be a bit softer uh more nourish- nourishing like your yin classes or maybe it's a vinyasa slow flow class and really feeling into it and um for like a solar lunar class like maybe i'll have like um you know like a heating heating yoga class and then i like towards the end i start to slow it all down like mm. you know that wave um if there's a wave your yoga class and like your peak pose and it starts to come down right yeah, the beginning and the end being a little bit more um, lunar. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the middle or the buildup being more of that heat of that solar. Yeah, and you, you can know? do it like that too. Like you can de- definitely like play around in it. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and I think it's something that can, I think the lunar gets, I mean, I can't say this for sure because I'm in Bali, but generally speaking, I think in the Western world, a lot, it's very solar. Can I say that? It's more, it's more masculine, it's more solar, it's more heat building, it's more workout, got to get a sweat on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because people got things to do, right? They got families at home, they got work. <laughs> Skip the Shavasana. Right. Like well, so many people don't do it. I love Shavasana. It's my favorite. Definitely don't want to ship the, skip the Shavasana and definitely don't want to skip the cool down or the warm up, especially coming from me. It's super important yeah. for injury prevention, as you guys know. Um, but it's also a great time to, to tap into that lunar or that feminine qualities, uh, conversation talking about surrendering and letting go. And like, you know, I, I love it at the beginning of a class, whether it be Paul or someone else, or even I do this sometimes is just really reminding people to just let go of everything else 
except for what you're about to do for the next 90 minutes or 60 minutes or whatever it is. Nothing else is important for the next 60 minutes or 90 minutes except for what you're about to do, which is basically being in this mat and just following along, tapping in. Yeah. Letting go of the stress. Like I went to a yoga class this morning and I was feeling a lot of stress and a lot of things were going in my brain, which was obviously a great opportunity for me to go to yoga and let go of that stuff. But I needed to let go of that before I started to practice. Otherwise, I'm just going to carry it with me. I had to remind myself, like, let go of this for the next 90 minutes. It's not going to do anything. Like, it'll be there when I come back. Don't worry. Like, it'll still be there. Um, but for now, I don't need it. So let's just focus on me. But not everyone knows how to do that. So sometimes reminders are really helpful um, to the class participants or the students to just let go, you know, just focus on this. Nothing else matters right now. Yeah. Right. Cool. So we kind of, we went from permission, giving <laughs> ourselves permission to the masculine feminine balance between the two, which I think is all kind of interconnected to some degree. Um, but let's, let's maybe bring it back to the permission thing a little bit. What do you think? I think the permission piece is doesn't necessarily need to fall within yoga practices. Um, and the reason why I say that is because the last couple of days for me, I've been feeling a lot of, um, how do I say this? Maybe not stress. Yeah, I'll call it stress. Let's just call it stress. Stress is a great umbrella term. Um, and feeling like I needed to do more in order to counter that stress, like work harder work faster, do more things. Ooh, it's like that song. What's that? You know what? Justice, faster, stronger. Oh, yeah, that's harder. right. Right. Oh, as I butcher it over this. <laughs> right, right. No, I know. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that the Daft Punk song? Yes, it's Daft Punk. That's it's not one. Justice. Right, right. So, so, yeah, so that's how I was feeling. I was feeling stress, and I was trying to counter it with more stress, basically, um, instead of trying to give myself permission to just be like, take a day and just don't. You know what I mean? Like chill. And that's basically what I did yesterday is I, I still did some work, but I wasn't aggressive with it. I was forgiving to myself to be like, you know, today's just not a day that you're going to be able to produce. Today's not a day that you're going to be able to be effective or as effective as you would like to be. So take the pressure off. Otherwise, you're just going to set yourself up for disappointment. You're going to try to live up to expectations that are just going to, you're fighting an uphill battle. So giving yourself the permission to be like, okay, not today. Right. And Again, we can bring it back to the yoga class, but at the same thing, it can be applied in any type of situation. Just give yourself permission to be like, not today or not now, or it's just, it's not, it's not working for me. And isn't that what yoga asana is? Like how, like what we do on the mat, like translates to how we live our lives and it's profound. It's yeah, it's a physical practice, but finding those parallels, like what you just mentioned, like that's huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Connecting the dot. You're right. Exactly, because life isn't yoga, as much as some people might not like to hear that, but it also is yoga, or life is yoga. It's like, it's both. Like, you, you practice yoga to be better at life, yeah. and you live life so that you can practice yoga, or at least that's how I see it. Um, so they, they, they're both one and the same to some degree. So whatever you pull and you take from yoga, you need to bring into your real world and apply it and turn it into a balance. Right. Cool. Um, so where else do you want to go from here? That was pretty good stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I really like that. I like the permission piece quite a bit. I like the masculine, and the feminine, this, the masculine, and the feminine is a bigger topic. We could probably talk about that for, Oh, there's so many different ways to go with it. Like 
the masculine and the feminine, like I see a lot of things like Shakti and Shiva, like right. find your your Shiva, like your your other half, like, you know, complete it. Like, mm. and it's very gendered and, you know, that's all fun and the, a lot of people are really into it, but it just, uh, you know, it hits my soul a little weird, like, no, that's Disney. Like, mm. no, like old school Disney. Like, we're we're more than that. Not saying like we have to do life alone, but like we can be whole people. Like when when yin not yin when the masculine and the feminine are like balanced. At least to what I believe is like that's when I feel more whole, mm. and that's when I can like show up for the people that I love in my life. That's when I can show up for the people that really challenge me in my life. Mm. Um, you know, the DMV, like all, you know, the whole thing. Um, but this, this feeling of being whole already, um, you know, it's a belief. Yeah, it's true. And we're, (laughs) Christina and I, my partner, Christina and I always talk about this a little bit. And I say this, uh, very playfully, but we're all a little broken. Yeah. Right. We're all, we're all a little broken and some days we're more broken than others. Uh, if we were to put it in simplest terms. So it's like, it's okay to give ourselves permission to be broken a little bit or to be unbalanced sometimes. Um, And also giving space to other people to do the same. I mean, we're talking very intrinsically right now and focusing on ourselves individually, but also just knowing this, that other people require that reminder, that space or the encouragement to to do the same. And, And for me, Christina's really good at this. She also, she, because sometimes I feel guilty whenever I take time for myself. Mm. Oh, and this is a great example. Um, getting massages here in Bali is a thing that people do. Um, it took me a while to get comfortable with that because I didn't feel like I deserved it. Yeah. I, I felt guilty for having massages and, and like, you know, pampering myself and taking care of myself and I remember the first time I got a, like a pretty good massage here. I, like the whole time I was just uncomfortable. Like he did a great job. He knew what he was doing. I could tell. But I was just like, I felt guilt the whole time. Like, oh, I don't deserve this. I should be working. I, you know. Michael. I know. Right. <laughs> right. That's an imbalance right there. But now when I get a massage, which is like every couple of weeks, it's not like aggressively like all the time. Now I'm completely surrender. I just lay there and I'd be like, I deserve this. I'm just going to lay here and be. Would you say it uh, It takes practice? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It took me a while. Um, the first time was the hardest, and then it got a little bit easier. And now it's like when he shows up, I just lay there, and I'm like, do your thing, man, 60 minutes. I'm just going to lay here and just not sleep quite, but I, I basically just focus on my breathing and not moving, which is, I would say, very feminine, as opposed to trying to control and trying to move on to the next thing and thinking about what I need to do and all that stuff. So definitely a balance in practicing that. Yeah, and I I love that you bring up the, you know, we're all a little bit broken, of course. Like, you know, I consider myself a whole person now. But does that mean I'm like a perfect ceramic, like, ball? Like, that's never been, like, shattered before or continues to get shattered? No, not at all. Like, what is that uh, Japanese bowl, like, where they, when it breaks, they put it back together and they seam it with, like, little gold. Oh, yeah, gold, um glue or something oh, like this? Oh, gosh. I w- it's you like know, metal or... Oh, we are, we are not a spokesperson for Yeah, this. we're not. We're butchering this. <laughs> really bad. M- maybe you know what we're talking about. Hopefully. But it ultimately, I think the premise behind the whole thing is that when the, the piece or the ceramic piece breaks and it gets stitched back together with these gold uh, lines or whatever, it looks 
it, it's even better afterwards. It's beautiful. It's stronger. It's more beautiful afterwards. So even though it was broken at one time, it's still, it's gotten stronger because of it. I mean, it kind of goes back to that simple saying, like whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger to some degree. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately that's kind of, kind of the idea is that everything that we go through, everything that makes us feel broken, that makes us, is it's challenging, um, is just doing something to kind of build us back up. Oh, Yes. Being a whole person does not mean being a perfect person. That's right. There is a huge difference. Mm. Perfection. Oh, perfection. Yeah. It's so boring. It's unrealistic. Unattainable. It's just like that is the rat race. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, Um, that's the disappointment. That's trying to not make mistakes i mean oh my god we could talk about so chasing much stuff. the magic dragon you can't catch it yeah there's so many things so many things that come from that um allowing yourself to make mistakes and rec- actually you know what this is you know, basically what we're summarizing <laughs> is giving ourselves permission to f- be broken yeah yeah giving yourself permissions to not be perfect giving ourselves permission to be like we're st- we're all a work in progress we're all a broken vase just trying to fill in the lines with some gold glue or whatever yeah with with some other broken vases are also trying to fill you know their <laughs> golden glue right and you might even get a piece of someone else's vase and you know Ooh, and like that you, that go. child's book with the fish and i know we're go- i'm like being an add student right now frankenstein basically a vase <laughs> frankenstein kind of situation yeah so that's uh i think I'm hoping this is landing really well for you. We're kind of going all over the place to some degree, but it's all kind of intertwining to be the same thing, which is ultimately just we're all we're all forever students and we all need to give ourselves permission to be students, regardless if you're a teacher or not a teacher or a yoga. I mean, you're probably a yoga person, but ultimately every single person needs to be constantly uh, open minded to learning and constantly open minded to recognizing that there's room for improvement, change, uh, adjustments, regardless of what's happened in the past what you might have been able to do before, what you've been able to accomplish. Um, you know, it changes from day to day, from hour to hour, from moment to moment sometimes. Giving yourself permission to say yes and no. Giving yourself more um, awareness around the balance that you require and making those adjustments and those shifts. So, yeah, we're, we're all a little bit broken and that's okay. And I'm going to give myself permission to be messy, you yeah. know. This 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 uh, podcast might be a little bit messy this episode, but you know what? It's nice. That's like, actually a perfect perfect <laughs> example of it. It's actually I don't think it was messy at all. I think it was perfect in exactly <laughs> how it needed to be. Am I in my head, Michael? Am yeah. I in my head right now? Right. So we need to we need to allow that and be okay with it. So I think that's actually perfect. Yeah. Um. Okay. Cool. So that's about about forty minutes. I right. like that. I feel complete. Yeah, I feel good about that. Cool. All right. Well, thank you. Is there actually before we do that? Mm. Is there anything else that you want to add? Something that might, we might have like kind of skimmed over nothing pressing i'm seeing you think i mean the only thing was like the spaces i love the spaces that you've mentioned earlier like when you're breathing space but you know what we don't need to say anything else like i'm feeling pretty good well i can now i'm curious oh maybe in another episode <laughs> depends on this lands and we can talk about the spaces because that is where the real magic happens okay well let's tease it then What's, oh. what do we mean by the spaces oh so you know Maybe you don't know. Anyways, I hate saying you know. When we're meditating, you know, we focus on that inhale and the exhale. It's like the space, the pauses, mm. the space between the words. Mm. That's the most powerful. Space between the breath, space between the words. Yeah. I see what you're saying now. 
Okay. You know? That's a good tease right there. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Okay. I'm going to just keep it at that. There's a lot that can, we can pull out of that. Um, wow, the space. Oh, the space we create between people. Yeah. The space that we create for people. Yeah, mm. containers. The space we create within our body. Dang, this, yeah. this doesn't go a lot of ways. I mean, our, our chest, like, you know, the lungs it's, are great, but they're container. It's space. Right, the like, expansiveness. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. All right. I like that. We'll, we'll, we'll bring that into something at some point. Cool. If you're interested, we want to know. So you got to reach out to us and let us know if you want to know more about this space business that we're just kind of making up as we go. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Awesome. Thanks so much, Callan. This was really fun. Uh, sloppy, messy, perfect, imperfect, broken, whatever it is. I love it. It was a great conversation. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining in. Uh, Thank you to all of you for joining and listening in and allowing us to just speak into your ear for the last 40 minutes. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, You can also connect with Callan through, what's the best way to connect with you? Instagram. Instagram. Acropixie. Acropixie. Yeah. If you want to see a lot of cool, super fun poses and tutorials and or just random acrobatic dancing type stuff, right? Ultimately. Yeah. Acro yoga, acro dance, yoga, like it, it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. Creative. Callan is fun. If oh, I were to put it in one word, you. she's fun. So if you want some fun in your life, go follow her and, and you'll get lots of it. Cool. And if you have any questions, as, as always, you can reach out to me or Paul on Instagram, which all this information will be in the show notes. So again, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a beautiful, beautiful day and we'll see you next time.